And the power of God was present to heal as he taught the word. Yes, this will be the reality tonight. Mani fresaine, teleclaintose fresaine, pratine, manja prasakatela, malitone, kepretina kratosana frasanche. We welcome the move of the Holy Ghost. Mamuta parapati kaito, vranta paika skaila kapapana, inakontali paliotrakli parakoshka, matetetete kaito. Yes, make the power available. Mandito Sabrataya Mashata Mazata that we may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power which he wrought. Moshatapaya toward us who believe. Yes, when he raised him from the dead, resurrection power, manifest yourself in this broadcast. Tonight, Ibale Krasashana Branza Prakata Kalabrata Bakla Koshata, Manjala Trapata Kalabrata Bakikoshkapata Kalabratiya, we command the supernatural, Malika Papaya, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let the fire of the spirit fall. Baptize us tonight into your spirit, into your power, into your glory. Let the ambience of heaven, yes, oh God, overshadow us. Let there be a performance, a performance of the word of God, an effective performance of the word of God, just as the angel of God said to Mary that what God has said he will do for with God anything is possible and our reply is that of Mary let it be done according to the word of the Lord let it be done let it be done let it be done and yes it shall be done God is in the house. Mantras Kavrahaya. He is in this temple. Mata Prata. And I saw the Lord. Ele Baba 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 seated on his throne. And the train of his robe fills the temple. Mada Baba 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 Glory, glory.
and the people in his temple doth shout glory, 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 glory. Come on, make your expectations known to the Lord right now. Let it be known. Let it be known. Let them be known. Let your expectations be known to the Lord right now. Make them known. Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus, what is it that you want from me? And Tell the Lord what you want. A woman with the issue of blood said, if I be my touch, the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She lay claimed on her healing, on her miracle, the set time, the time for God to favor you, for the spirit to move over your life has arrived. My Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. Oh, Oh, we are ready. Man Shafai, we are ready for you, Jesus. We are ready for you, precious Holy Ghost. We are ready. Oh, we are ready. Man de cruz de pretevangelicranza. We are ready for you, Holy Ghost. We are ready for you. 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 Manta pari cose de dodo coge de branje predie. Manta pari cose te caparabara saige. Mante je predede de casa vrashaza pratie. Sapara cose te de casa bratada casa bavie. We are ready for you, Holy Ghost. We are ready for you, Holy Ghost. We are ready for you, Holy Ghost. Sali pratia. Manchala vrase calabrade. We are aware of your presence. We are aware of your spirit. Like you never did before, Holy Spirit. Holy, Holy Spirit. 
Manifest yourself, precious spirit. Manifest yourself, spirit of the living God. It's not by might, it's not by power, by the Spirit, says the Lord, by my Spirit, says the Lord. Oh, breath of God, breathe upon us. Fresh fire. We need fresh oil breathe upon us. Breathe upon us. The Lord is calling his people into the ark. Just like he called the creatures and the beasts into the ark of Noah, the Lord is calling his people. And he says, come, come, come into the ark. For the earth once again shall be plucked. But there is safety. There's security in the ark. Asarika parapataika. We thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Amen.
Good evening, beloved. Hallelujah. Well, we are here gathered again to share and communicate the mind of God for his people. Last night, I think we got somewhere with regards to Ephesians 4. And we shared some things in the Word which I believe are integral to what the Spirit of God really wants to communicate to us. We are not of the world. We are not of the world. Jesus has called us out of the world. We don't belong to this world. We don't. The Bible says he has delivered us from this present evil world. So we are not meant to operate the standards, the principle, the systems of this world, even though we are in this world. We were meant to work and live by the laws, principles, and systems set down for us by the Lord. The reason why there's so much unfulfillment in Christendom is because we try very much to adopt and adapt ourselves to the world's ways. And you cannot have joy and fulfillment in Christ operating on that wise. So, one of the reasons why we are having this camp meeting is to zero in on some of the principles, laws, and systems that the Lord has set for us to live by. And once we understand the possibility of the systems, the plans, the modus operandi that the Spirit of God has set for us, we would be plugged in the supernatural. 
Because the God with whom we are dealing with is not a physical God. He's a supernatural God. He's a spiritual God. So all his operations take place from that dimension. And that's why I said to you, there is a supernatural way to become wealthy. A supernatural way to become very prosperous. And these are some of the things, some of the principles that we are communicating to God's people. So that they can receive it and start living out their lives on that wise. So we are taking it line upon line, precept upon precept, making the crooked paths of our lives straight. Through the word of the Spirit of God. What we need to live effectively in the kingdom is light. And I believe the Spirit of God is using this camp meeting to give you the necessary light to live in the days ahead of us. So that's why we are here to present our lives, our bodies, our spirits, our minds to the word of God. To answer the questions of life through the wisdom of the spirit. Child of God, God wants you well. In fact, he needs you well. Otherwise, you are useless. So bear with me as I take you on a journey with the word. So, as I said, we touched upon some things in Ephesians 4. But I want us to go somewhere else. And hopefully we'll come back there again. Turn with me to the book of 1 Kings. Chapter 3. What I'm going to read to you, I will come back to it again uh, later on in the camp meeting. But tonight, I want to highlight something here that I believe will set a fire inside you. A burning fire inside you. First Kings chapter three. Let me read you 
from verse 3. These are some of the secrets which are essential for gravitating in your direction the promised inheritance. Are we there? Verse 3. And Solomon loved the Lord. And Solomon loved the Lord. You know, there is a life which you can never come into a world you will never know exists until you truly love the Lord. There is a friendship with God you will never know until you love God. Until you love Him. You see, love for God opens a dimension of God to you that you would never otherwise access. I think I should show it to you. John chapter 5, verse 20. Let me read you verse 19. The Jews wanted to kill Jesus because he made himself equal to God, right? Then verse 19, Jesus replies and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, whatever the Father does, the Son also does in like manner. So Jesus says, what I'm doing here, I'm doing because I see my father doing it. But the access to the visions of the workings of God is not seen by everyone. Because in the next verse, Jesus says, for the father loves the son. So the reason why the father shows the son what he is doing and gives the son the same ability to act and duplicate what he is seeing the father do. He says it's because the father loves the son. Now you would say, but God loves us all. Yes, he agapes us all. But this is not the love of agape. It is the love of filio. It is the love of friendship. You don't meet a stranger and you love them with filio. And they become your friend today. Friendship is developed over time. So the association or the love that God is talking about is the love of friendship that he has entered with his son. And he says he has taken a liking to him. It means to like someone. So he says the father loves the son. And then he says and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these. 
So the reason why Jesus could do the works he did was because he was shown the works that he was doing. And that came because of love. So there is a place, a realm in God, we will never really know until we love the Lord. That's why the greatest commandment given to the human species, the greatest law given to the human species, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Because the human potential can never be unlocked without love for God. You see, loving God gives you access to certain privileges in the kingdom. And one of these privileges is wealth. I dare say to you that all you need to do to see the wealth, the prosperity, the supernatural operation of God in your life in that area is to love God. To love God. Let's go back to Solomon. Because Solomon is an anomaly amongst the kings. Amongst every king, Solomon is an anomaly. He is the only king in the Bible that did not fight any war. Throughout his reign, there was peace. Solomon is is an example of a life without war, a life without struggle, that it is possible to live life on earth without any agitations, external or internal, to live life in total peace. Solomon exemplified that life. He lived a life Without war. Think about it, child of God. Without war. That means throughout his reign, in the kingdom of Israel, there was no spiritual conflict. Solomon, throughout the 40 years of his reign, was proving and living out the millennial age of the reign of Christ. It was as though in his life there was no Satan. No king dared begin any argument, any conflict with him. It did not enter in the mind of any king that they should go against Solomon. Yet the Bible says a greater than Solomon, Jesus, had come. That means through Christ, the possibility of living a life without wars exists. 
Because Solomon lived it. And remember, he lived it under the old covenant, which has been made obsolete by the new covenant. We will get into that later on. So he lived out a reality that up until that time only existed in the spirit. So it was manifested through him. And he set the tone for the ages. That there is a life you can live, beloved brother, beloved sister, without war, without conflict. The Bible says a man who, who is right in the eyes of the Lord, who is good in the eyes of the Lord, says the Lord even maketh his enemy to be at peace with him. Why is there no peace? Among Christians. Jesus, peace I give you, not the peace of the world. Why is there no peace? The Bible tells us that Jesus overcame this world and he told us to be cheerful, to cheer up because he has already overcome it. We are his overcomers. You see, these are realities that exist but need to be expressed and manifested through our lives. And Solomon exemplified it. He lived a life of peace. You see, I'm talking like this. Some of you think, no, it's foreign. It's impossible. Yet, read your Bible. No war. Because the Bible says Solomon loved God. You, you, you know what is, what is the highest expression of wisdom in the Greek? It's, it's, called, it's called phroneo. In the Hebrew, the word wisdom is called agmot. The, the greatest definition of that word is described as a mind that loves God. So to love the Lord opens your life to a wisdom. You see, the Bible says the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord. That's where wisdom begins, when you fear God. But wisdom is perfected by loving God. So Solomon, because of his love to the Lord, was granted access into a dimension of wisdom where his mind operated on the frequencies of the Spirit of God. The wisdom Solomon had did not need to go to school for. The wisdom by which he governed, the wisdom by which he ruled, he did not go to school for. It was given to him because he loved God. That's why the best thing you can do for your child is to teach him to love God. Because that mind would be open to the wisdom of God. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For he that loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
So a Christian who loves the world, a, the Christian who is in friendship to the world, cannot access the wisdom of God because the love of God is not in him because of his friendship and love to the world. That's why Christianity is limited. It seems we can't advance. There's a certain dimension we can't access. Is because the love of God is not in us. Solomon loved the Lord. That was one of the major characteristics in his life that opened him to a dimension of wisdom, of peace in his life. He loved the Lord. Do you love the Lord? I understand you want God's prosperity, God's wealth, God's blessings, God's grace, God's goodness in your life. But do you love the Lord? And the love of God or the love for God is never demonstrated emotionally. It is demonstrated sacrificially. It is what you sacrifice that proves your love for God. Not what you say, not how you act. It is what you sacrifice. So the love of God is displayed by the sacrifices a man does for God. I know what you will quote. You will quote Paul where he says, if I sacrifice my body for others, not for God. Because love toward God is sacrificial. Not emotional. If you love me, you will keep my word. If you love me, he that loves me is he that keeps my word. Is he that keeps my word. That treasures my word. Adam fell because he did not love God. His disobedience was proof that he did not love God. That's why every place, every area in your life where you fail is an indicator that you are missing something in the love of God, in the love for God. The Bible says love never fails. Love, ne that means if a man loves God, he will never fail in this life. If a man loves God, he will never lack in this life. The reason for failure is a lack of love. Oh my God. Woo! I need to come down now. I need to come down now. The reason for weakness, the reason for poverty is what? The lack of love. You don't love God enough, so you're broke. You don't love God enough. That's why you demonstrate folly instead of wisdom. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you. There is something of yourself that must be sacrificed to display or to, to, to let the immortals know that you have love for God. This is one way God releases anointing, grace on a life. 
It came after the process of time that the Lord began to test Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am, Lord. Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, and offer him up to me. And Abraham began to do so. And when they got to Mount Moriah, he placed his son on the altar, took a knife, and he was going to sacrifice him for God. And just as he was about to put the knife into his body, the Bible says the angel of the Lord spoke from heaven and said, Abraham, stop! Now I know. Now I know that Abraham fears God. Therefore, in multiplying, I will multiply. In blessing, I will bless. Because now I know. See, the reason why God is unable to put more in your hands is because he does not know that if he gives you this, your heart will turn away from him. Amen. And Solomon loved the Lord. And Solomon loved the Lord. And Solomon Loved the Lord. Love opens us up to the possibilities of God. To the ability of God. And Solomon loved the Lord. Let's read. And Solomon loved the Lord. Walking in the statutes of his father David except that he sacrificed you see this what Solomon was doing the sacrificing part was wrong but God overlooked it because he loved the Lord except that he sacrificed and burned incense at the high places now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there. You see, he, he, he was sacrificing at the high... Now, the high places were, were, were altars that really were not for God, but for other gods. So because there was not yet an altar established for the Lord of heaven, everybody sacrificed there. You see that? If you read verse 2, you'll see it. Meanwhile, the people sacrificed at the high places because there was no house built for the name of the Lord until those days. So Solomon goes to Gibeon to sacrifice there. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. I want to dissect that, but maybe by week three. Amen? But I want to show you something. Verse 5. At Gibeon, the Lord, imagine, the Lord overlooked that place because of Solomon. It says, and at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. Can I fly now? Amen. 
<laughs> Are you sure you're ready? Yes. It says, And the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? That means there are dimensions in dreams where you can meet God, and God can give you physically what you want. But he says the meeting place is a dream. So it seems that the dream dimension, the vision dimension of the spirit is the bridge, is the meeting place between the celestial, the mortal, and the mortal. So God meets a man in a dream. He encounters a man in a dream and he asks him, ask, ask, what do you want? Ask, what do you want? So dreams are places where God gives us something. That dreams are places of reception. Ask. So in the dream realms, when the Spirit of God has given us access, we can access dimensions of provision. That, that would otherwise require us to use some other mode. So there is a place in the dream realm where dreams function as prayers. Where you can access the possibility and abilities that God makes available without praying. Ask. What shall I give you? That means God can give you wealth in a dream. God can give you prosperity in a dream. God can give you a house in a dream. God can give you, impart grace in a dream. Because dreams are places of giving. Dreams are places where the spirit, the immortals, give something to the mortals. So if you ever wanted something from God and you realize that prayer does not suffice, there are certain things you must do. But, but he says, go into the dream. This is one of the reasons why the Bible tells us when the spirit is poured, two things will be prominent, dreams and visions. And the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. In a dream. In a dream. This, this encounter is taking place in a dream. We are dealing with the God of heaven. Heaven. And this God operates on the platform of dreams, on the platform of visions. <laughs> Let me show you what God gave Solomon in a dream that was materialized in his life. Dreams are not just dreams. That means a man who loves God will have the mind or his soul energized by the Spirit, opened 
to such divine transactions. So, so, so there is a place in dreams where the dream becomes a transactionary dimension. I will dream to prosper. <laughs> a dimension where you dream a dream of riches. You wake up, you come into riches. Let's read, let's read. <laughs> Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, you have shown great mercy, and he speaks and speaks and speaks. We'll deal with this uh, later on, right? But I want to show you what he asked for. Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him in a dream, don't lose sight of that. God said to him in a dream. <laughs> because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself an understanding heart to discern justice. Behold, <laughs> I have done God, in a dream, says, I have done according to your words. I, in a dream, God says, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart. So, so Solomon's life was changed by a dream. Solomon's life was transformed by a dream. You who are laboring for years for a pension you may never see. You can dream a dream that can put you in a pedestal, a platform in life where you would not even need that pension. You would give it as a free will offering. A dream. A dream transformed the life of a man. A dream. Solomon went to bed and he woke up the wisest man on earth. In, in a moment of time, God transmitted so much wisdom in Solomon that predated and exceeded the wisdom of those who came before him and those who are still going to be born. So there was a download of the mind of God that took place in a dream. No school. No university. But he needed to pay for it. He needed to sacrifice for it. You see, what attracts the immortals is sacrifice. And I told you, the first and loftier sacrifice is the sacrifice of love. I don't want to get into the sacrifice part now. But I want to show you that the dream realm can activate realities in your physical world. Here I'm not talking about 
I saw myself, I am going to be. This is not a futuristic thing, like in the dimension of Joseph. No, this is an instantaneous thing. You go to bed, you wake up wise. Dream download center. This is where spiritual things pass through to physicalize in the natural. Behold, see, I have given you a wise and an understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall anyone arise after you. So this possibility exists for us today because we have the Holy Ghost. Because the Spirit has been poured. To what? To, to give dreams. What dreams? These kind of dreams. The Bible says, they will see visions. They will dream dreams. See visions. Dream dreams. You think it's just dreams just of you floating in the air? No. It's dreams of conquering nations. Subduing kingdoms. Bringing in wealth. Downloading wisdom. So you can go to bed. And wake up wiser. This, I want to get into this. I want to get into this. The most important thing, the first and most important thing in the life of a human being happened when he slept. Okay, Genesis chapter, chapter 2. The first time in the Bible where the word sleep is mentioned is mentioned in reference to God doing something. So that tells us that by design, sleep is, is a time where God gets to work. So sleep is the operation of God on a man, yeah. in a man. So if God wants to extract something from your life or wants to impart something in your life, he puts you to sleep. We sleep to produce. <laughs> Let me read you. Let me read you. Let me read you. Let me read you. Verse number 18. And the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him. I will make him a helpmeet comparable to him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast. And the Bible says, there was no helper comparable found for Adam. So God said, I will make him a helper. So man's first help came from his sleep. So sleep is the place where God works. The place where God operates. 
And that's why we, when we sleep, we dream. So, let me show you. Let me show you. <laughs> oh, can we read it? And the Lord God caused a deep sleep. The word deep sleep, there is the Greek word tadema. It appears seven times in the Bible. And everywhere where it appears, it is in reference to God doing something. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall. Okay, let, let, let me read you Job chapter 4. Let me read you Job chapter 4. Job chapter 4, verse number 13. In disquieting thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on man, he says, fear came upon me and trembling made my bones to shake. He says, in, in disquieting thoughts from the visions of the night, so the visions of the night, the thoughts of the night, they come when a man is in deep sleep. And he says, it is the Lord who induces the sleep. Because the word the sleep means to come under a trance. That means God has an anesthetic. There's a divine anesthesia that is used by the Lord to put a man into sleep for the purpose. This is what came upon Solomon. He was put into a deep sleep and he met God. That means if you're not meeting God in your sleep, you are not sleeping deep enough. So one of the things we must ask from the Lord is, Lord, put me into a deep sleep. So deep sleep must be a prayer item. To sleep much and to sleep under the induction of God is essential for Eve to come out. So what is inside a man can only come out when he is in deep sleep. So the wisdom to govern a kingdom came because a man slept. And the prosperity, and the prosperity that followed, that was given to Solomon, was given on the platform of sleep. You are not sleeping deep enough. You want to access the wealth of the kingdom, prosperity, the wisdom of God to judge your life, to judge affairs. He says, deep sleep. Deep sleep. The Bible says, when Peter went up, after he finished praying, he was hungry, and while he waited for the food to prepare, he fell into a trance. That is Tadema, deep sleep. And he saw. So in this dispensation, one of the things that must happen if we are going to get into the wealth of the kingdom is that we must become deep sleepers. We must sleep deep in order to extract the hidden riches. This is the supernatural way of God. The mystery of sleep. 
to bring forth what God wants to make out of a life of a man. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he opened him up, took out a rib, and he formed a woman. Why? The most important thing, according to God, in his life took place after he slept. The most important encounter in the life of Solomon took place in a sleep. That means along the way, we stop sleeping right. Because if we were sleeping right, we would be accessing more and more of these dimensions and possibilities. Where God says, see, I have given you a mind superior to those of your generation and generations before. He did not study for it. He did not pay and enter into debt for it. Yet by this wisdom, he governed the kingdom. I tell you, beloved brother and sister, this world has lied to you. Like it has lied to us about so many other things. It has lied to you. But there is a way. Let, let, let's finish reading this thing. I have given you wisdom and an ascending heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall anyone like you arise after you. And listen. And I have also given you what you have not asked for. Both riches and honor so that there shall not be anyone like you among all the kings all your days. And then he added a condition for the lengthening of days. Verse 15. Then Solomon awoke, and indeed it had been a dream. So the Bible does not deny that this thing was a dream. But what it validates is that that dream was real. And what God said in the dream. So God spoke in the dream. And his life materialized, expressed, manifested the reality that was spoken in a dream. We are behind in the syllabus of God. We are behind because if, if, if we are on par with the modus operandi of God, with the ways of how God works, I tell you, beloved brother and sister, you would be very rich. So I, I read you this to show you that there's a supernatural way that God intends to prosper his people. There's no natural way. It's supernatural. And the first place where this thing happens is in your sleep. Is in your sleep. What, what, what stares the visions of God? What stares the dreams of God? I tell you what it is. It's called the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is what induces 
supernatural manifestations in the dream realm, in the vision realm. Hebrews chapter 11. Hallelujah. I've never worked a day in my life. I don't know what it is to labor in the vineyard of Pharaoh. Because when God called me into the ministry in 2014, and he called me full-time into ministry, he said, follow me. I take care of my servants. Follow me. And I've been following him ever since. Remember what Peter said when Jesus said it is hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom? It is easier for a camel to enter into the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom? Peter said to him, so what about us? Because we have given up everything to follow you. Jesus says every man that follows me will receive in this life. In this life. Brother, mother, father, sister, riches, lands, prosperity, with persecution in this life. So you can't follow Jesus and not be made something. And not be made something. I'll share this later. Verse 3, by faith we understand, by faith we understand that the world's faith is, I don't want to talk about it now, I said maybe week 4 or something. By faith, we understand that the world were framed. And remember I said to you that the word they framed is the Greek word katatizo, which means to mend, to perfect, to correct, uh, to fix, uh, to, uh, to make. So he says to repair. So he says that the world, and we say that the aeons, refer to aeon generations, right? Uh, ages were framed by the word of God. Just think about it. An age can last a thousand years. An age can last a thousand years. What determines an age is, is the workings of that age. That, that's what determines a dispensation. And he says... That an entire age was framed by the word of God. An entire age it was framed by the word of God. So, 
the word of God is instrumental in the freeing of the worlds. If the word can frame a world, what is your life that the word cannot frame? Because he's telling you that the, the, the lesser is included in the greater. Your life in the scheme of an aeon is lesser. And he's telling you that the word, the rhema of God, repaired an aeon. What is your life that should not be repaired by the word? So if this is true for a world, it is also true for your life. So we can say there, by faith we understand that our lives were framed by the word of God. So katatizo is what the word does. Katatizo is what the word does. So the word, the spoken word of God, every time it reaches its intended location or its intended subject, it fixes, it katatizos. So katatizo is a perfection or katatizo is a process that takes place when the spoken word is released. So he katatizos you, he frames you, he repairs you. You follow? He repairs you by his word. But the word is also responsible for the end goal of katatizo. Remember, the Bible says that the man of God may be perfect. It says all scripture is profitable. That the man of God may be thoroughly perfect, thoroughly equipped. So the, the goal of the word or the goal of rhema is to katatismos you, is to perfect you. But you come into that perfection through the process of katatizo. And there's another word in the Greek that is called katatis. Katatis means a strengthening of the mind through instruction. So, so you have katatismos, which is a framing, and you have katatis, which is a strengthening of your dianoia, a strengthening of your logismos, a strengthening of your nos, your soul, for the purpose of the full equipment, which is katatismos. So the end game, the end goal of the rima of God in your life is perfection. Katatismos is a thorough finishing of all that is required to be in you. And let me tell you, beloved brother and sister, what should be in you is what should be in Christ. What should be in you is what should be in, I mean, is what is in Christ. And who 
And what is in Christ? The Bible says the fullness of God is in Christ. So the word, the rhema of God can bring us into a perfection where in us is present what is in Christ. In Christ is all the wealth you can ever desire. In Christ is all the wisdom. The Bible says in Christ is he all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And that is the thing that the word of God is aiming to bring us into by the process of catatismos, framing, repairing, mending, correcting, and catatis, the use of instruction to strengthen the soul and bring a perfection ultimately. And how God is going to do this is that the Holy Ghost is not going to come down and you see him physically. No, he's going to mentle himself in a man. He's going to mentle himself in a gift. And through that gift, he's going to keep delivering like I'm doing to you now. Keep giving you, giving you rhema, giving you rhema. What is rhema? Rhema is God speaking. God, rhema is God declaring. Rhema is God speaking. So he says, he whom God has sent, speaketh the words of God. And God does not give him the spirit by measure. So as rhema is coming to you, something is happening. First, your mind is being strengthened through the instructions that you are obeying. Secondly, as you accept the word into you, there is a process of framing. So God is framing you, framing you into the image of Christ. Because Christ is the word that is coming to you. The flowers may fade, the grass may wither, but the word of the Lord remains forever. So as you receive rhema, it remains forever. That means everything in your life that is temporary begins to dissipate, begins to disintegrate. And what remains is the word. And he says, I will shake the heavens once more and everything that is to be shaken. What are the things that are shaken are things that did not come as a result of the word. Everything that is created by the word remains. It does not fall away. Everything that was not created by the word is removed. And Rhema is responsible for that dissection, is responsible for that operation. For the word of the Lord is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even unto the division of spirit and soul. Ah, my God. So you enter a dimension in God where the word of God begins to work as as it enters through your ears, as it enters through your eyes, the word of God begins to work in your heart, begins to work in your heart, and your cardia is changed, purified, catarioed, cleansed by the speaking of God. Jesus said, you are cleansed through the words which I speak, the words which I speak. He said, they are cleansing you. So everything Whatever a man needs to do to enter a process, because the Bible says, blessed are the pure in the cardia, in heart. And how is your heart cleansed? Through the word. He said, for they shall see God. Where? In your dreams. Where? In your visions. For what purpose? For the purpose of wisdom. For the purpose of prospering. But how did it come? Through the words which I spoke unto you. <laughs> that he might present her to himself without spot or wrinkle, a glorious church. To 
the washing of the water by the word. So we are baptizing you into the word so that you can come out with glory. So why is a ministry gift essential in this arena? It's because it is Christ's gift. It is as though Jesus is dissecting the word. Jesus is speaking the word to you. Because or through the vehicle of the ministry gift are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers. No! You need a baptism in the word. Baptism in the written word. Baptism in the rhema word of God. The Bible says he upholds all things by the word of his power. He upholds all things by the word. If he upholds and keeps all things, he can bring all things into your life. Because the Bible tells us that there was nothing that was made that was made without him. So the wealth you need is in the word. The prosperity you need comes through the word. So what you need more than any other thing in your life is the word. 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 So you know God won't speak to you every day from heaven. But there is a ministry gift in the earth that can speak to you 24 hours a day. So you say to yourself, what I need is the word. So you get yourself and present yourself in the presence of where the word is spoken. Yeah, but there are churches all over. Beloved brother and sister, let me tell you, some of what is going on in the churches, some of what is being preached in the churches is not the word at all. It is junk. It is junk. It is junk. Because if the word was being preached, we would see a rising in the stature of the body of Christ. We would see strong men, strong women who know their God, who do exploits. But we ain't seeing that. We are seeing some weak Christians, Christians that are being beaten, that that have been thrown and cast asunder, people that have been relegated to the scam dimension of the world. Why? Because the word is not coming out from the ministry gifts, it's not coming out from the pulpits, but there's a remnant that is rising, men and women of God who don't care for a name, who don't care about their opinions, who don't care what others say, whose only objective is to say what the Lord, what the Lord, what the Lord has said unto his people. Antai kapaya, shavali kababaya, sabredi la karong zalida, haite, masha. Speak at the words of God. Speak at the words of God. He said to us, present my people before my word. Hey, that, there's a reason why. There's a reason why. Because a glorification will come through the word. An upgrading will come through the word. What the Spirit of God is doing here is imparting, is imparting of His grace. The Bible says of His gift and of His grace have we received, have we received of His fullness, grace upon grace, grace upon grace. And this grace is coming to you as the Word of God is coming to you. The grace is coming to you. You will prosper by the presence of the ministry yeah. gift of Jesus Christ in your life. 
You see, the key is whether or not the one preaching to you is sent. If he is sent, that means he has the backup of heaven. If he is not sent, he is on his own. His words are backed up by no authority. How do you know that a man is sent? Is when his words are, 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 are consistently changing, consistently releasing the power of the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit follows the Word. The power follows the Word. The glory follows the Word. He says, "You, by faith we understand it. Take a Christian through a university to go study theology for three years. Give me a Christian for three years to preach and teach the word to. You'll see the difference afterwards. The quality will not be the same. Remember, we are ministers of the spirit. We are ministers of the spirit. Money is spiritual. And there's a tangibility God wants to give you access to. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just for the equipping, the perfecting of the saints. The catatismos of the saints. Wealth is an equipment. Wisdom is an equipment. Freedom is an equipment. If the saints are not equipped with wisdom, they are useless. If the saints are not equipped with prosperity and wealth and abundance and affluence, they are useless. The spirit, the glory of the spirit is manifested through the power of wealth. You need wealth to show the personality of the spirit. What proved Solomon's wisdom was his wealth. It's an equipment, a necessary equipment. And in this year, wealth will fall like quails. Because the Spirit of God is getting ready to spread His cities abroad. Yes, He is spreading His cities abroad. 
The Spirit of God once showed me an eagle without wings. And I asked, Lord, where is the wings? And what are the wings? And the Spirit of God says, it can't fly because it has no wings. It can't fly because it has no prosperity. They are showing me the image of an eagle representing the body of Christ. But there's a reckoning. There's a reckoning. God is going to make you. God is going to give you. But who? Those who love him. Do you love him? Do you love the Lord? Do you love his word? That is the question, beloved. It's not a question of whether or not God cannot. It's a question of whether or not you love him. You love the Lord. Is His Word more important to you than your own life? I remember when they shut down the country in 2020 when we first started experiencing lockdowns. The president said, churches should not gather. And I watched ministers of the gospel. Jesus has given platforms, debate, and deliberate whether or not they should agree. To me, when I heard that, there wasn't even a question of whether or not I should shut down because I knew the spirit that was talking to me. I knew the spirit that was behind that declaration, and I refused to bow. And I said to the beloved and the brethren in the ministry, I said, if you want to stay away because of what was threatened. I will not hold it against you. But my conscience and my loyalty to Jesus does not allow me to stop gathering. Because he told me not to forsake the assembly of us. So I will not. So, they have to do what they have to do. I have to do what I have to do. And since March, I've never closed down church one day. And I was not doing it secretively. Because I love Jesus. And I'm willing to lay down my life for him.
I love him. If it was according to me, I should not be in the ministry. I do what I do. Not for power's sake, for name's sake. I do what I do because I love Jesus. When he called me into the ministry, I said yes. When he ordained me a prophet, I said I didn't want it. I didn't want it. Because I saw how the ministry was abused. And I said I don't want to be named among them. But I said yes. Grudgingly. Until I said yes. Willingly. My life is spent for him. I love him. I love him. And because of that, he has opened my life to a world I never dreamed I could leave. How does a man live without a salary? Because he loves Jesus. And it's my desire that you love him. Or that you fall in love with him again. You return to your first love. Because that is where life takes on a new meaning. That is where life opens to greater, unprecedented and unimaginable possibilities. And Solomon loved the Lord. And Solomon loved the Lord. I've given up my whole life for Jesus. My dreams. My aspirations. For Jesus. Jesus, for the glory of his name. I speak to you love Jesus, love the Lord. It's the most important thing in this life. Then his word will mean something to you. It's but by every word that proceeds.
prodigal sins upon the mother of God. You have heard it said to you, 2022 is a year of prosperity and destruction. Year of contrasting realities. The dividing line is drawn. Which side will you be on? Dear Father, you've given us your word. You've shown us your light. You have guided us by your spirit. Revive a love for the Lord in us. Revive a love for the Lord. Let love abound. Let love increase. I pray that you may teach us to love you. Because to love you is to know you. And to know you is eternal life. So redirect our steps. Redirect our hearts back to you. That it may also be said of us just like it was said of Solomon. And he loved the Lord. And she loved the Lord. Let that be the testimony of our lives. That we love the Lord. For your word is awaiting to prove and accomplish its goal in our lives. But love. Love is the energy. Love is the energy. For all worketh by love. So I ask that love may abound. In the name of Jesus, precious spirit, it is said that your love or the love of Christ is shed abroad by you in our hearts. Let that love be poured in abundance once again. Oh, I pray for returnal to the love, the first love of Jesus Christ. Then we will keep your word and your commandments and walk in your statutes. And you will be pleased. All these other things are consequential. But the cause is love. May we love you, Lord. May we love you more. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We'll end here, beloved, this evening. And we will continue on Monday, 
and I believe that would be day 10. You can receive the audio version of our Sunday message on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and other podcasts and streaming platforms. Just search for Holy Spirit's Tabernacle or you can go to holyspiritstabernacle.org.za and you will get a copy of the Sunday teaching. But we will continue on Monday. And I ask that you use this weekend to reflect on the teachings and the messages that have come to you from both I and my brother, Pastor Raphael, throughout this week. Meditate and present and represent and represent yourself to the world. But for me and my team here in the studio, I bid you good night and a glorious weekend. See you on Monday as we continue those glorious online camp meetings. God bless you. I love you. Great first week, guys. Um, thank you all for your presence here, your involvement, and your help. You did great. Now on to the second week. So, God bless you.